Hello, dear listener. My name is Herb. My name is Brigham. So we're going to start this episode off with what's been on our mind relative to the gaming world in the past week. First, Brigham and I discuss Halo Infinite and free-to-play video games. And I pose the question of how often video games actually try to be political statements. Then we go into our gaming genre of the week, which will be multiplayer FPS. I'm going to round the show out with some quick news in our weekly feed segment. As always, thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll follow the podcast on your app of choice. Give us a review and reach out to us on Twitter at BasementGaming9. Tell us what gaming topics have been on your mind recently. Without further ado, welcome to Basement Gaming. All right. Yeah, Brigham. What's up? (laughs) It's going good, man. You know, just uh, enjoying my, my great time in quarantine. There, there are 32 tiles on my bathroom floor. Um, they have uh, <laughs> made a, a comprise of four different uh, octahedral shapes. Um, yeah, you know, I'm totally sane. It's perfectly fine. How are you? I'm good. Uh, currently in between uh, games. So started studying for this test thing I have to do for work. So that's, I guess that's a game in and of itself. You know, got to make sure you hit 100% <laughs> with yeah. all the combos. <laughs> Uh, I I guess that's one way to look at it. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, uh, we have some stuff we've been thinking about recently since uh, some news have been coming out on uh, big popular games. What you got for me? Well, what's going on in my uh, in my mind lately is the news about Halo Infinite. So if you don't know, it was leaked um, a few days ago, (laughs) in the leaked in in the most odd funny of ways let me just let me just read this here for you details oh and sorry this is from Eurogamer I'm writing a reporting on this leak of Halo Infinite multiplayer being free to play and it says details of the unannounced multiplayer were initially posted by retailer Smith's Toys which is by the way in in a, a game company from Ireland uh, which described it as a groundbreaking free-to-play multiplayer experience with greatly reduced load times and up to 120 FPS gameplay on the Xbox Series X. So essentially during their uh, conference call they were having, I think was their like quarterly call um, right now is around that time where a lot of companies are doing their like quarterly call to investors. They basically like spilled the beans on this multiplayer mode for Halo Infinite being not only being free-to-play, well, sorry, I should say not only being 120 uh, FPS on the Series X, which is really cool, but also being free to play, which I think is a really big uh, news story here. Yeah. And Halo eventually came out, like, I think the next day, confirming that this is all true. So, which was huge, right? Um, Halo has always been, like, a huge game, the multiplayer scene, and the fact that it's going to be free to play means that a lot more people are going to be playing it. Um, At the same time, it kind of made me think more about uh, this idea of free-to-play games and if free-to-play games still have has, still has a kind of negative connotation to it. And a lot of people, when they think of free-to-play games, they think of microtransactions, they think of being gated from the most powerful abilities, you know, cheap little monetization, things like that. So I kind of want to get your input, uh, Herb, on what's your opinion on free-to-play games. Well, first off, I think it's pretty good to like let people come into the game because there's you know there's no monetary uh, obligations right off the bat. So I, for instance, Call of Duty, the Warzone, the battle royale portion of it is free to play, and I know that alone has brought in even some of my friends that otherwise maybe wouldn't have bought the game, and obviously now they enjoy it quite a bit. So and when it comes to like Halo. 
I think it being free to play again, I think at least it's going to motivate me to try it out. Right. Cause like I said before, I don't have like a huge sentimental value attached to Halo because I didn't really play Xbox games growing up. So like when this got announced, I wasn't like crazy excited. I was just like, I mean, excited in general for the gaming news. And I know some of my friends are going to be enjoying it, but I wasn't like super angst up to get into it. But now that it's free to play, it's like, well, there's there's nothing to lose, right? You don't, even if I hate it, I'm not going to lose any money because I played it. So there is positives to it, right? But like you said, the negative connotation is there to use like Call of Duty again as as uh, an example. Um, Warzone is free to play, which is like the biggest part of the game that people play. But there are some things that you need to actually play the game to unlock. Like there's this gun right now that's really, really strong. It's pretty much impossible to unlock it in the Battle Royale version of the game. You have to actually do it in the in the multiplayer version, which you need to own the game to play. So I'm kind of scared of things like that will, will pop up in Halo where there is going to be some sort of power gate, right? It's like you need to go buy the actual game and play the storyline to unlock this thing, right? Or mm-hmm. I don't know. This is weird. This is interesting. I don't know how this is going to work out because I'm seeing the in this announcement, they're saying that it's also going to be a battle pass system. I do like the battle pass system. It's a, it's a good way for companies to make money without actually giving you like insane power through through the you spending money and if they do it like they a lot of the games nowadays do with apex and call of duty and fortnite is if you buy the battle pass one time which is like five dollars it'll cost you like five maybe ten dollars you probably won't have to buy it again because you get this the fake money in game throughout the battle pass and you should have enough to buy a battle pass again the next season right yeah oh so, uh, i don't know i think hopefully that'll kind of stabilize the whole microtransaction argument yeah no i totally agree with you there that well first of all the battle pass system i always preferred that over a normal cash shop sort of system just because i feel like with a cash shop yeah you can go ahead and like buy the items but it doesn't feel rewarding whereas right. with the bet with the battle pass it's like even though you're paying for it, you still feel like you did something to earn that gear which makes i, I think especially in a video game is very important um to be able to see cosmetic pieces and be like wow like that person did something really crazy or that person put a crap ton of time into the game, you know, to, to, to get that look or, or that weapon skin or whatever. Yeah. So I'm very, I'm very happy about that. I am sort of worried about what this may do to the power in multiplayer. I've seen some other rumors that um, maybe like a portion of the multiplayer will be free, kind of like with call of duty where the normal multiplayer will be, behind a paywall but then they'll have like a battle royale in halo which will be free to play and if that's the case then you will have a situation i'm assuming like call of duty where you know it's just really hard to level up guns or get certain guns unless you have like the paid multiplayer version right but ultimately i do think this is a win i think that i think you're a perfect case test for this like you know like like you said you didn't really want to play halo that much but now it's free it's like well what do you have to lose you know what i mean yeah and I'm very excited. I think this is going to be huge for the PC market. I think everyone is going to get an Xbox. Well, how, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people who are buying Xbox already knew what Halo is and probably already or already knew if they were going to play it or not. But for the PC player base, I think this will get a lot of people like you, people who aren't really in the Xbox ecosystem that have, have always heard of Halo, they'll definitely at least try it. Yeah, I think this combined with the PC release definitely... At first, I was like, man, it's kind of weird that they're releasing it on a PC at the same time because 
you're kind of splitting your audience, but at the same time, you're you're expanding it at the same time, right? Because you'll have yeah. people like me who's just like, well, it's on PC and a big chunk of it is free, so yeah, might as well try it out. And then if I like it, then I'm more likely to spend more money on it, right? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And something that I didn't even think of, I just assumed it'd be cross-play, but you know, we had that group group me chat with some of our mutual friends and. Um, you know, one of them mentioned that right now the Master Chief Collection isn't cross-play. So I don't know, like, what, what do you think? Do you think that the Halo Infinite multiplayer should be cross-play between PC and Xbox? Or oh, is that man, a big I deal to so. you? That'd be amazing. Again, yeah. like, this goes back to the conversation we had earlier about is cross-play, like, the future of gaming, really? Because, I mean, this would be great. This would be, this would be almost exactly like COD, like we're saying. Like, I think one of the biggest things I like about COD is that it's cross-play. And... I can play with all sorts of friends that have either Xbox or PC or PlayStation, you know, it's just expanding the possibility of who you can play with is always going to be a positive. And I think this would be really smart if they actually put it out on crossplay. I mean, they're, they're halfway there. It's like you're including PC and Xbox. It's like, okay, do you just make it crossplay? What's the, I yeah, I'll be very surprised if it wasn't like, I think master chief collections and edge case. Cause that game came out before they started doing the whole crossplay kind of stuff. But Lately, with other Xbox games like um, that pirate game that they have, I can't remember the name of it. Um, anyway, that game's game is cross. Oh, sea of Thieves, Sea of Thieves. Yeah, Sea of Thieves is cross play. I, I feel like this has to be cross play. Some people aren't fans of cross play, though. Like one of our friends mentioned when I, when I said, Yeah, my, it's going to be cross play. He was like, Oh, well, then that means there's going to be a lot of hackers. It's like, Oh, well, I guess, you know, that's true. I mean, obviously, games are a lot easier to hack on a PC. That's always a problem. I mean, it's a, it's a problem everywhere. I think that's just something we get, we've gotten used to. It's like, uh, I don't know how good, how good is Bungie at stopping hackers when it was like on Xbox and stuff was really good at it. Do you remember? There were some stuff. I mean, I remember when Halo two, because they had a system of where uh, a certain player was the host. It was, there wasn't like a centralized, uh, server, kind of like the most modern games now it was like whoever was like the host it was kind of like it was the he he, he was basically like the main server I, i'm probably getting this really messed up some server person out there listings be like what are you talking about <laughs> but essentially there there were some things you could do um to basically like <laughs> to basically like hack into the game there's this thing everyone would say where it's called blue screening where everyone would get a blue screen except for one person who i assume is the host oh, and so wow. they could see anything because they're like in this like blue infinite loading screen, he can just go run around and kill people. But I mean, that was like you know that was Halo too. That was like original Xbox stuff. Yeah. Obviously, I think Xbox has gotten a lot better since then, so I'm not too worried about it. It's it's gonna be a risk. I mean, even if it was uh, Xbox only, I think people would still find a way to hack. It's it's never gonna go away completely. Just gotta hope for the best that they're good enough to stop it, so that 99 of your games don't have a hacker kind of thing. So. Just kind of cross your fingers and hope for the best when it comes to that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's what's gonna be for the best. I think something else I was just thinking about, and this is kind of crazy, but just think about it. What if Halo came to PlayStation? What? So what? How? How? <laughs> okay, so this wouldn't be the first time a Microsoft-owned game would come to PlayStation because Minecraft's owned by Microsoft and it's on PlayStation and. There was some news this week as well, which kind of spoilers for the weekly feed, but there was some news that Cuphead, Cuphead, ah, which yeah. is owned by Microsoft, is coming to PlayStation. So what if in this idea that Microsoft has to get everyone playing together and, you know, it's not about how many consoles you sell, 
Yeah. If they if they say, "Hey, this sounds game like is- loser talk to me." <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to sell uh, copies of Halo. Why not put it on the PlayStation? And, and since it's free to play and get everyone into into Halo. I don't know. And then also you get the PlayStation guys go, man, multiplayer is fun. I wonder what the campaign's like. And then they buy an Xbox or they or they buy Halo on PC to play the campaign. So in this know. in this scenario, you're saying multiplayer only goes to the PlayStation. Yeah, only multiplayer. That'd be, oh, okay. Then you have to download it and stuff digitally. Uh, well, the, the first thing that comes into my mind is like, there's a, there's a big difference in value between Halo and Cuphead. Right, it's like <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if Microsoft is willing to just give off their probably their biggest IP to be honest, just to go give it over to Sony. And at the same time, Sony's like, why would we take this? Like, we'd just be like giving you more money. I guess. I guess another way they could look at it is like maybe this will cause more people to buy PlayStation Plus to play online. But yeah. I, I'm just trying to see like because these companies they just want to win money, right? They just want to get money. So how would that? get both of them money to where they would agree to do it because it's like i think microsoft would have some pros and cons and sony would have some pros and cons but i don't know if the pros are big enough for them to actually go through with that yeah that'd be kind of crazy though i I think it's it's possible in this day and age i mean microsoft's been making some crazy moves so i wouldn't put it past them at this point but it's possible but not probable (laughs) yeah i think free to plays have a lot Probably a lot more pros than cons for the average consumer. I think you just like try it out. If you like it, you like it. And you pay more money for it. If you don't, just go ahead and leave. All right. So I saw this article earlier this week where the cyberpunk lead quest designer was being interviewed. And they were asking him if the game would touch upon current real world political issues in the current political climate. And he answered with, like quote for me the most important thing is that our game is a closed work and it is not a political statement political thesis or a political thesis end quote so this had me thinking like how many games do people actually play or how many games do you play Brianna? do you feel like oh this game is definitely a political statement because the way i see it right especially games like cyberpunk that are open world I have lots of quests and different storylines about people and how they live in the current world that you're playing in. And it's like a futuristic, dystopian future. Futuristic, yeah, I said that word three times. Dystopia, dystopia, dystopia future where like a current political climate obviously brought them to this future where things are kind of weird. For some people are kind of bad. So they're saying, oh, this must be some sort of uh, message to our current political world to like be careful so we don't make it here right and i always feel when i'm playing games that might have a political statement is that i think they're just an extension of our reality and any kind of political statement quote unquote are just accidental because all you're seeing is like a reflection of a person and what their life is like like if you go up to a quest and then that quest Giver has like this really deep story about, I don't know, gay marriage. I don't know, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and people are like, man, they're making a political statement on gay marriage. It's like, well, not necessarily. Like maybe the writer of that quest, I don't know, one time met someone that had a story about gay marriage and it was like, that was a really good story. 
I think it would be really cool to play through that in a video game. So let me let me try to put it in this game and see how it fits, right? So that was my that was my thing. It's like I think a lot of these topics or issues come up when on political statements in games, and I think they're just like accidental or just secondary to the actual story. What do you think? Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, I, I well, one, I agree with you. I think that a lot of the times people say something is political when really it's just, you know, there's, there are, you know, there's normal characters and normal characters in any situation have opinions and thoughts and feelings of their own. And, and it's like, it's really hard to make a game as an artist. I feel like it's hard to make anything like really resonates with you. That isn't like, you know, somehow affected by your own real world situation or own real world, um, events and, and thoughts and feelings you know what i mean it's like yeah. i think at the end of the day like this is art like games are art and i think that's really important to understand that whenever someone's making art they're not just like robots trying to just like um yeah let's just make a bunch of cubes and no one detalks and I, I i don't even know how to say it it's like it's impossible <laughs> to make a game without like you know having having these things that are i guess sometimes seemed as pol- as political statements and it's especially hard, I think specifically harder for games like this, like Cyberpunk, like Last of Us, like, you know, Far Cry even, just storyline games that have actual characters that speak to one another and have an issue or something they're trying to like overcome in the story, right? It's really hard to, I would say, I would think it's really hard to make it without skirting the line of just realism and political statement. Because like, Anything that's real, anything that's real could be a political statement if you make it to be, right? Yeah, exactly. Anything can be a political statement if you really dig deep. Because politics, what is politics? It's just our daily life, right? Everything is politics. If you go to the store and you complain about the price of something, you're speaking politics. Like, so it's hard to not be, to not see a little bit, a little bit of it in games, but to come out and like attack or, get mad at a game for it. It's just like, dude, just calm down and enjoy, right? I don't know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, it happens with every game. Like, I remember even like with Spider-Man, there were people angry that in Spider-Man, they made the cops too friendly, which I guess <laughs> n- nowadays, maybe like, if Spider-Man came out right at this point in time, maybe like, I feel I can see people like getting upset, but like everyone when Spider-Man came out, they're like, oh, like, this is copaganda and, and stuff like that. And Spider cops, Spider cops. Yeah, exactly. Like, like doing stuff like that, and also like you know, a Far Cry Six being in Montana, and like, oh, this is like making fun of you know, this is like making fun of the Middle America and and all this stuff like that. And it's just yeah. like we can't make games about anything anymore. I do understand though. Sometimes I think when people get say they get upset about politics and games, the rational people what they're trying to say is that they don't like it when a corporate or in like some corporation is like okay. You know, we really need to like put this random character in the game, not because we want to or think it's good for the story, but just because like it'll get us some like brownie points with like the woke crowd or something like that. I think that's like what people are like, trying to think. We need a talking be- black person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like that's what I think. That's what I think. That's what people who are rational are like upset about. And I can see where they're coming from there. It's like nobody wants something that's like forced in that doesn't make sense to the story, but. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean that that's what's actually going on. You know what right. I mean? I can think of one game, though, recently. Um, was it Detroit? 
that game. Remember that game? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh I think that one games like that it's kind of hard not to see it as a political statement because it's literally just like an like a metaphor for like a combination of things like freaking from slavery over to immigration mm-hmm. over to like everything, right? So there are games I feel like they exist, you know. There are games oh, out yeah, there sure. where it's it's pretty clear that the artist is trying to put out a message, right? Mm-hmm. And I do understand the idea and the viewpoint that I don't want to play video games to be told a message, right? I just want to have fun. And that's I mean, that's totally reasonable, right? To that to that I say, okay, just play Call of Duty. I don't know. Play some non-narrative driven game without actual characters that are gonna feel things, right? Because yeah, if you're gonna play one of those, if you deep if you dig deep into those characters in the storylines, you're gonna find a political message somewhere. It's gonna be really hard not to. And one that I remember one that made me especially angry was um all the talk around Last of Us. And Last of Us, I mean, we're probably gonna be talk- talking about Last of Us all year, honestly. <laughs> And around uh, the character Lev and how um, that was a trans character. And when that first came out, I remember people were freaking going bonkers. Just like, this is clearly a social justice warrior agenda. Why are you putting this in this game? And that was like around all the hate that Last of Us was already getting. So it was just like compounding on it. And it was just, I mean, like for me, Brigham, we didn't even talk about Lev. And how that was a trans character in a spoiler cast, I don't think. Like, that didn't even come up. Yeah, it's, like, such, like, a small portion of, like, the entire plot. Like, I don't understand how people can, like, take that as, like, them trying to make this, like, an SJW game that, like, tells them some (laughs) message they don't want to hear. It's so crazy. And it was, I mean, it was the other thing, too, the fact that they made Ellie gay. It was just like, oh, my God, why did she have to be gay? It's like, dude, because... Sometimes people are gay. It's just like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's like it just happens that Ellie is gay. Like it's, it doesn't change the story at all. Like it still doesn't change the fact that okay, Ellie has a relationship with this person that is that happens to be a girl. Uh, Lev is going through persecution, which happens to a lot of people for all sorts of reasons within their family, it just happens that the reason for her, did I just, did I just say it wrong? For him, was that they're a trans person. I'm just like, what? It's just, it's just real. It's just real life, you know? And if you choose to focus on that and, like, ignore everything else in the game and the storyline and what they're trying to, like, convey to you through these characters, it's just like, I don't know what to tell you, man. You're just gonna be angry at a video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I have to understand. And like you were saying too, sometimes, you know, like with Detroit, I feel like there are times when a, a developer may make a game deliberately like to like make a message, you know? And I think that's totally fine to, for those games to exist. Like at the end of the day, games are art and I don't think that you should be telling artists what they can and can't make. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, like this is America, you know? Make 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 what you want. Um, <laughs> that's but, what you want. It's like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's like, and, and if you don't want to play it, you know, no one's forcing a gun to your head to make you play Detroit. You know what I mean? Some people want to play games just to escape from reality, and that's fine. And they can play whatever game. I like how you mentioned Call of Duty as if, you know, the game set in a wartime isn't political. Either, <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> but nobody seems to get upset about that. 
Um, but yeah, like, you know, you can play whatever games you want. And I think it's awesome that we have, you know, some games that are like super deep with some meaning, some games that force people out of their comfort zone, some games that are just dumb fun. You know, it's like there's enough space in the in the market for all these games to exist. I did. I, I honestly didn't even notice that levels trends until they told me. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> I like I, no, actually, I think I'd beaten the game. Oh, I almost beaten the game. I was like, wait a minute, are they? Are they mad at him just for shaving his head? What are we talking about right now? I was just so confused for so long. I was, I was so confused. I, yeah, I, I'm glad. They, I'm honestly kind of glad they spelled that out for me because I was such an idiot. I was, I had no <laughs> idea what they were. I, I didn't get it until they, they just said it, and I was like, oh, okay. And that's, and you know, and that's, and that's cool. Like, exactly. you know, people, it gets us because, like, I think you know, we didn't expect it because. I don't know about you, but I've never seen that in a video game before. Me neither. So, yeah, you know, it's it's cool to see new stuff, to see new stories, new perspectives. Oh, man. I don't it's, think there's anything wrong with that. We casually went into some slight spoilers for Last of Us without even noticing. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> it's fine. It's not any major points, but, yeah, that, this is... Sorry. No, it's fine. We didn't really spoil any major plot okay. points. But, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of happens that people get very angry about these, these things, and... I mean, like I said, I get it, you know, not everything you want to consume is going to be what's to be laid on a thick political message, but it's kind of hard to go into a game like Cyberpunk and then not expect there to be some sort of reality in it, right? Because it's a world. It's a whole world. How could there not be any kind of like reflection of our our reality like and how we live and how a random person you walk up on a street might live, right? So mm-hmm. I think people should just like expect that a little bit more and maybe <laughs> maybe they'll get a little less angry. If not, I don't know. Play League of Legends. There's no politics there. Just people yelling at you. I don't <laughs> play play what makes you happy, people. Play what makes you happy. Don't stop ragging on Last of Us because there's a trans person in it. Leave Last <laughs> of Us alone. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what's been swirling on my mind this week. Very cool. Well, in that case, we'll move on to the next part of our ta- of our show, genre of the week, where we pick a random video game genre and tell you guys and girls uh, what is our most favorite game within that genre. So the genre of the week this week is multiplayer FPS, aka first person shooter. Yeah, so obviously this is a huge one, right? There's lots and lots of FPSs out there. And I would say for me, probably it's really hard to not have some recency bias, but it's kind of hard to say that Call of Duty is not the best one that I've played, especially recently with Warzone. Uh, I think it's very smooth. It's very stylized. Mm-hmm. It's it plays well most of the times. Um, there are definitely bugs in that game. No game is perfect, but the overall experience of playing that game is usually very good. And it's it, it's been really hard to find a game that's consistently good every time I load in in recent years. And I think Call of Duty is really nailed it on the head, especially for the battle royale portion. The multiplayer, I mean, Call of Duty multiplayer has been the same since freaking how long since modern since the first modern warfare came out right and yeah it's it's just more the same i mean i think it's fine but i get i personally get real bored in the multiplayer real fast because it's i don't know just the, the way it plays doesn't really vibe with me 
but I know it's also been one of the most popular multiplayers in the last 10 years for sure, right? So my nomination is Call of Duty Modern Warfare. How about you? Yeah. What, what, what have you been enjoying the most out of this genre? Um, well, I'll just say first that I I think Call of Duty Modern Warfare is definitely one of the best games that Call of Duty's put out. Or sorry. Yeah, I would say Call of Duty. Is it called just Modern Warfare? The Call current Duty one? Modern? Yeah. Yeah, they, call, they just call it Modern Warfare, yeah. Okay, yeah. Definitely the best one um, that I've played in a long time. I mean, the last Call of Duty game they got really into was Modern Warfare 2. So it's like way back in the day. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, that was like the, that was the Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the original one that came out on Xbox 360, was like the first game that got me and my friends off of Halo into a different multiplayer game. And it's really cool to see a huge resurgence. And they definitely got the Battle Royale unlock at this point. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um, my game is... <laughs> Which you heard may disagree with me completely, uh, but it's Overwatch. Uh. <laughs> Overwatch to me is the best first person shooter ever. Period. Like uh, you are a crazy person. <laughs> I people say this. People say dead game. Lol. <laughs> but it's like no. Like the thing I love about Overwatch is that all the heroes are so varied. They have such different types of first-person shooter play styles. It's like each one of those characters, you can pinpoint like, oh, like that's the character. That's the character for people who like playing Call of Duty. That's the character for people who like playing Quake. That's the character for people who like playing like, I don't know, Team Fortress. It's like each one is like so unique and it's so much fun. And like, I don't know, I can just spend hours and hours. When that game did come out, actually, I did spend (laughs) hours and hours of time. so so did I. And then yeah. I was like, nah. <laughs> I don't it's it's just I don't know. I just and I love how you pay once and then all the new content, the new maps, game modes, heroes is all for free. They really did do a good job of showing how to do uh, microtransactions in a buy to play game, in my opinion. I know there are people who think that whenever you buy a game, there should be absolutely no microtransactions, but I think that if you're going to have a games as a service with continual updates i would much rather have macro macro transactions with free content instead of having to pay for dlc because i just feel like dlc kind of splits the splits the player base so yeah yeah. and then also the with overwatch was the overwatch league which i feel like was a really good attempt to do esports in a way that kind of mirrors normal sports of having teams to certain areas in the country or in the world because they have you know they have teams in like china going against teams in Dallas, Texas. And it, it was always just really fun to watch and it's still going, but they've kind of gutted their Activision has kind of gutted their esports division. And I really don't know what the future of Overwatch is going to be at this point, but I still love playing the game every now and then when it's like super late at night, I'll just hop on, get on, you know, an easy character like mercy and just kind of like, you know, it, it, it's enjoyable. I think in theory, see when you describe Overwatch, especially with all the champions and all the different playstyles you can have while playing a game, I think in theory the game is fantastic. But then uh, for me, I started playing it, and I'm instantly just like, "This is just chaos! Uh, it, it's absolute madness." Because for me, the thing that bothers me is probably one of the only it's one of the only FPSs that plays in in every axis. Right? It's like it plays in front of you, behind you, to your side, to your right. It plays below, it plays above, 
<laughs> and when I say above, I mean above, above, not like one platform like some games have. Or like, you know, it's just the movement is too wide for me. And I think that's another reason why it was really hard for me to watch it. I could not get into the esports because it's like there's just so many axes of action that it's just really hard to keep up with what's going on because people could come from literally every single direction in that bubble. It's like it's truly 3D and it needs to it needed to be a little bit more 2D in my in my <laughs> opinion. And yeah, I think that was the biggest thing for me. It was just like there's just way too much going on. And because of it, it was really hard to to do to play strategy in that game because there's so much going on and the maps are pretty big relatively to the other games. So there's like there's a lot of corners, there's a lot of hallways, there's a lot of doors. So it's hard to like play strategically with your teammates. And that, I mean that's already hard when you're playing online to like play properly with your teammates that you're talking online with. And it was just very, very difficult. I just got very frustrated with it. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I washed my hands of this. I'm out. <laughs> I don't know. I think you should give, give it another shot whenever Overwatch 2 comes out. I think Overwatch 2. I, they've done a really good job of trying to kind of ease up. A lot of people complain about the stun locking. Like every new character they added into the game had some sort of stun feature, which is create this meta where you just be infinitely stunned by like five different characters in a row. And it got really annoying. And, and then they added a 2-2-2 system. So now... You can only have two DPS, two healers, and two tanks, which yeah. I think that helps your problem because most of the flying characters are are all DPS characters, and so I, I I do agree. Like especially like you know if you go if you leave for a long time and you come back and there's new heroes and you're just like okay who does what now you know yeah and like <laughs> I, I totally get that. I mean that's, that's the normal like problem. Hero based shooters, but yeah, but yeah no I I don't know I just I just really like it because I feel like no matter what mood I'm in there's like a character that can fit. The kind of the gameplay that I want to do at that time. Okay, I think some. Uh, I don't know. It, it, the the whole problem with uh, getting into it and then there's new characters that you need to learn. That I mean, that's an acceptable problem, right? If I get away from the game for a long time, I expect it to change. That's not too much of a problem for me. I don't know, maybe I'm just not good enough to play Overwatch. Who knows? I just it's really hard to have fun in that game. Yeah, we're we're playing Overwatch again sometime soon. I don't know about that. It's <laughs> currently uninstalled uh, from my computer. Oh no. <laughs> Maybe, maybe maybe you can stream it. Stream your 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 first time coming back. Oh man, just watch me rage. Just <laughs> yeah. get angry because I got shot from twenty feet in the air. Like, okay, cool. I'll I'll pocket heal you. It's okay. Another problem yeah. with me too. I don't like uh, FPSs. I have really long time to kills. Uh, like it takes a long time to kill people in Overwatch because there's a lot of healing. Yeah, got a lot of health. There's tanks, so that's fair. Know. It's it might just be uh a style difference just i'm just not into it yeah all right i think uh you got any honorable mentions i got a couple uh you can go ahead uh my honorable mention is counter-strike counter-strike specifically global offensive i've played source for like all of two games so i don't have much to say about that one but it it's largely remained the same overall but yeah counter-strike is i mean there's a reason why it's probably one of the most successful esports in the world right now and that's because it's just so consistent it's it's smooth it's reliable it's like that old sedan that's been around since 2005 right that you've had that your family's had for 15 <laughs> years it's like it just works man it just works it's it's very true to itself like the way 
they designed the game to be low time to kill. It's very realistic. It's very tactical. And a lot of people will say it's pretty one-dimensional. But I think it the, the beauty is in its in simplicity. I had a lot of time. Yeah, I hate Counter-Strike. So <laughs> I guess maybe there's a difference in opinion. I feel like Counter-Strike is one of those games where I blink and I'm dead. Like, it's exactly. like the time to kill is so is like way too short in my opinion. And like people have had so long playing that game and perfecting that game and perfecting those map spots that like I feel like for me to play it at this point is just a total waste of time because I'm just gonna get a nine. Nah, 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 nah. See, Counter Strike it has an ELO system, so you can very easily get hop in and play against people that are like your level. Yeah, I but, played Go a few times. I, I mostly played Source, so maybe maybe Go. I, I, I guess in, in Source, I never play like with any sort of like matchmaking system. Yeah, and that's but that's another thing too. I, I usually never play games like that unless I have friends with me because, like I said, it's pretty tactical, and I think that's that's one thing a lot of people like. It's that the time to kill is really, really small. It's just very punishing. So it just, it forces you to play properly, essentially. It forces you to like, you know, take angles with with more strategy, just forces you to have better aim because if you look at someone and you miss, you're going to die. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think kind of strike, there's a reason why it's been around for so long. It's, it's probably, it is a standard for, uh, like a tactical FPS shooter, right? Yeah, no, that's very true. My honorable mention. Oh, sorry, did you have another one you wanted to add? Or I mean, I was gonna say probably Halo, but I, that's from more on your side of the, the camp than mine. Yeah, I mean, obviously Halo was a super solid shooter. Um, going back and playing the Halo multiplayer now, though, I do feel like some of the systems in that game feel a little bit dated, which is kind of re- maybe a reason why I chose Overwatch over Halo in the end. Um, I feel like the game plays a lot better on console than on PC. Um, just the way that it's kind of set up, for, at least for the older games, maybe Halo Infinite will be a little bit different. But the cool thing about Halo that I think made it really stand out were just all the different type of custom games. I feel like Halo and another game that I'll mention later um, were really like the only ones that did custom games in first-person shooters really well. Like in term, in ter- custom games in terms of make people making games where the objective isn't just to like capture a flag or kill, get the most amount of kills, but like they have these like, you know, there's this one called tower of power where there was like a tall tower with a turret gun on top. And like, everyone's trying to rush to get to the tower without getting shot down. And like, they're like obstacle courses and there's like all these crazy little things. And now Counter-Strike has some stuff like that too, but Halo was like really well known for all the different types of custom games people would play and people would create, and I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, Counter Strike does have some uh, some creativity to it, but yeah, I think I only mostly played. I pretty much exclusively only played the competitive mode. I, I'm usually not one for those like side modes, you know, those mm-hmm. special game modes. I I, whenever whenever Halo Infinite comes out, dude, I'm totally gonna get you that. There are so many good custom games for Halo. They are so much. I'm not. I'm usually not into any, into them either, but uh, they're just uh, really good ones for Halo. Anyone that know. knows me knows that I hate gimmicks. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I freaking wish you had Games Pass so you can get Master <laughs> Collection, try out these things with me. Now, another game I was gonna mention though is uh, Halo uh, Half Life Two Deathmatch. Half Life Two Deathmatch. Oh, I have so many good memories with that game. That is the game of custom games, dude. People have made like, <laughs> mods with that game. Like all these like zombie mods, like there's this one called Zombie Master where 
um, one person controlled all the zombies and he looked at the, at the map like an RTS game. So like, like top down. And then everybody else for the humans were just like first person shooters and they had, they were given certain objectives and they had to work together to kill all the zombies and like, you know, do certain things on the map. And it was just so much fun. Like one of the maps the guy created was basically just Shaun of the Dead. And you start out with, in that guy's house and had to get to the Winchester and do all these different things like that. And I, I, I don't know. There's like, <laughs> it, it was just really fun. Like I think it's just because I, I think the code for, for source was, I don't know if it was open source or this had some like really good like map editing tool, but there were a ton of different mods and custom games people made for Half-Life 2 Deathmatch that were a ton of fun. Man, the game, the game of gimmicks sounds like my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess there's a reason why Half-Life 2 is, is so popular and people people are going to be going to their graves waiting for Half-Life 3. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I guess we'll see. The That Half-Life game that came out on the VR system was... Kind of like a sequel. I've heard literally nothing about it. <laughs> I, was like, uh, I heard the like, announcement and then no one talked about it after again. You watch the uh, Girlfriend Reviews video of it. It's really good. I will do that for sure. Yeah, and I think uh, that's it for my honorable mentions. I think maybe one more. I know a lot of people like Rainbow Six Siege. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I got. Those are the big ones I have. Uh, obviously, if uh, anyone in the audience has favorite fps multiplayer that they want to shout out tell us about it on twitter we'll probably bring it up next week but yeah that's it that's all i have for the genre awesome and with that our last top our last section of the day the weekly feed where we quickly go through any important news that happened uh within the previous week so herb what do we got for you what do you got for me today ghost of tsushima is the fastest selling new ip on ps4 everybody clap 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 yeah clap 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 Great game. Great game. Brigham, have you have you beaten it yet? No. Still on that too. <laughs> gonna play it today. I literally got up out of bed today and just like went on my computer and like was gonna do one thing wow and then like four hours passed by. Oh my goodness. I was like, well, I guess that's my gaming for the day. <laughs> Cause I'll play Ghost of Tsushima next week. There is a rumor that there's going to be another Xbox event in August where they may announce the price of the Series X, as well as reveal the rumored Xbox Series S, which is their like cheaper Xbox model. Dang, two conferences in two months? It's crazy. Well, I mean, the launch is coming up pretty quick. The mad lads. <laughs> These companies got to freaking release the, the price at some point. Don't want people to pre-order. I just imagine that one scene from the office where they're all just standing in a circle pointing uh, finger, finger pistols at each other. They're just waiting for one person to make a move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Does it sound interesting to you? Final Fantasy, was that 11? Is getting a new storyline next month? That's interesting. Do you, you don't play these games, do you? Final Fantasy 11? It says X, XI, so that's 11, isn't it? Final Fantasy 11 is their MMO, their old MMO. I'm looking right at it. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, the 18-year-old game has continued to be uploaded with small patches. It's the first time the MMORPG will see new story content since 2015. Huh. Surprised people still play that. Maybe they do. <laughs> I, I remember actually watching Ninja stream Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> I was like, this is random. <laughs> They're out there, dude. The, the gamers are out there. Yeah. I love going back and playing old MMOs, just being like, why are people still here? Sometimes I'll see like EverQuest. I'm like, dang, there are people who are still playing EverQuest. Probably still think that World of Warcraft's just a fad. One thing here that seems interesting, the there's a Marvel Avengers leak suggesting that Spider-Man would be exclusive to PS4. So they're saying is 
and then next uh Marvel video game, Marvel's Avengers, uh Spider-Man would be a playable character, but only in the PS4 version. That's really stupid. <laughs> that is really weird. I hate console exclusive game content. I don't know. It just feels weird because it's like bonkers. it can't be great because it's if it's like amazing, then people will just get like really annoyed if they don't have it. And people, you know, and companies are like, well, we're going to make this amazing content. We want everyone to be able to play it because if amazing content is just not the game, people won't buy the game. Right. But on the flip side, it's like, so if it's crappy, then it's like, well, then what's the point of even adding it to the game? Like, I remember Destiny had like PlayStation 4 exclusive dungeons and the PS4 exclusive dungeons were always garbage. It was like it was like literally just a hallway with enemies in it. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. I've, I, I've never really I don't really remember seeing that happen ever. So I guess, yeah, it's good that you had an example because I didn't. <laughs> Last thing here, uh, Grounded that I don't even know how to describe this game. How do you describe this game? It's the new Xbox game. It's yeah, sir, it's survival um, MMO. I guess we wouldn't really call it MMO, but online survival game. Right. It hits 1 million players in its first 20, 48 hours. So they've been doing like an open beta, essentially, on mm-hmm. Xbox Game Pass. And uh, what other service? It looks great. Steam Early I'm, Access. Yeah. I'm happy that people enjoy it because whenever Obsidian first announced it, they were like, wait, Obsidian, the company that makes RPGs, is making a online survival game why but people seem to really enjoy it so far so yeah i've been watching some videos game. here and there seems like fun uh definitely be something a, that i play with friends not really i wouldn't really jump into it by myself they added a uh, arachnophobia mode actually um, i saw someone on twitter say i really want to play this game but being you know being small and having to attack giant spiders is just too much for my arachnophobia yeah and, i have heard about that yeah and xbox tweeted back oh we had arachnophobia mode and i thought they were just kidding and i clicked on it and sure enough there's like this mode where you can like change the like how the spider looks and the sound effects and all the stuff like that. So it's less scary, I guess. It was very, very cool. Man, look at, look at Xbox trying to be social justice warriors here, man. Just gosh, dude. Tell oh, Xbox to get politics, politics, <laughs> politics, politics out of my grounded. You got to appease the right phobe now? Come on, what's next? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yep, and that's all, I, that's all I got for Weekly Feed. Not, not a crazy lot going on. It's just... Just waiting around for those uh, console prices. Come on, give it to me. Well, great. Well, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Uh, again, make sure if you want to keep up to date with us, you can follow us over at Basement Gaming Nine on Twitter, and you can also send us your emails at basementgamingpod at gmail.com. Yeah, that's all I got. With that, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.